Curtin Kate mornings, not just on the radio. It's a podcast, too. It's not every day that we have another golf on the show. Thank I mean, goodness. I'm, yeah, thank goodness. <laughs> Thanks a lot. I'm here every day. That's enough. <laughs> But Bob Goff, New York Times bestselling author, uh, he dropped by uh, the show. What a conversation. It was a little tricky, but we finally got in touch with him. It was an adventure. Yes. He has his cell phone uh, number listed at the back of all of his books. And the irony is, well, it wasn't as easy to get a hold of him as we thought it Mm -hmm. might be. All right. Well, we have something developing here live as we are doing the show this morning. Mm -hmm. We mentioned that New York Times bestselling author, follower of Jesus, whimsical, inspirational Bob Goff was supposed to be joining us here this morning. But uh, we have an irony here. It's Bob Goff and friends, by the way, going to be in uh, the area, Tampa Bay at Indian Rocks Church. This is coming up on... Tuesday, this Tuesday, March 14th. Mm -hmm. Oh, cool. I put a link up on our Facebook page so you can learn more about it, Bob Goff and Friends on Tour. And if you'd like to buy tickets and stuff, just go to Curtin Cape Mornings on the Facebook page and we will plug you in. Curtin Cape Mornings on Facebook and you can get all the details. Of course, he's written so many wonderful books and uh, we we love Bob Goff. Mm -hmm. Now, he wants to be known as the most accessible person in the world. And that is why he puts his cell phone number in the back of every one of his books. Wow. Here's his cell phone number, it says, if you want to give him a call. And we have the number. Wow. Uh, since we can't get I, a hold of him, why don't we just clear, call him? I never do that. <laughs> well, no, I mean, that's... I don't even like giving it to anyone. I don't want to talk on and the And there are stories, <laughs> go online, stories of people who have called him and how their lives have been changed. He picks up the phone. Hi, it's Bob. Wow. So since we can't get a hold of him through the traditional <laughs> means, why don't we try live on the air to call his cell phone oh, number okay. and see if he Poor picks guy. up? Producer Mark, you got the phones ready? I've got it ready. All right. So it's I'm going to give the phone number out because it's in the book as well. So dial it up for me here. It's 619. That's a San Diego area code. 619-985-4747. Let's see if he answers. Bob Goff, best-selling author. This is his cell phone. Let's see if he does pick it up. Two rings. Kate, you going to count them? <laughs> Three. The most accessible man oh. on the face well, of the planet. Well, he's got to sleep sometime. I want to talk to Bob. I, know, I mean, we, he's, do. we have You've the same last name. have been this all week. I have been. I, like, I love we his really books. Like I love his stuff. He's probably related to mm-hmm. me. <laughs> Wait a minute. Hey, it's Bob Goff here, and if you're not reaching me, it's because I'm probably on an airplane. So leave me a message. I'll call you right back. See ya. Wow. Hang on. Cool. The mailbox is full and cannot accept oh, any messages at this time. I was going to leave him a message. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I am crestfallen, guys. This is bumming me out. He's got all his bases covered, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, he does. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> the most accessible man on the face of the planet? Maybe not. What happens when your voicemail box is full? 
Well, believe it or not, Bob Goff just called in. Yes. He's whimsical. The other Goff. He's the other Goff. I'm the Kurt Goff. He's the Bob Goff. He's whimsical. He's inspiring. Some say he's crazy in the best possible way. That's uh-huh. what I say. But the most important thing about Bob is that he's a passionate follower of Jesus. Bob, we <laughs> we called your the number that you put in the back of your in all of your books, and uh, we we were trying to get a hold of you that way, and it went right to voicemail. And just so you know, your mailbox is jam-packed. It's full. <laughs> yeah, that's not a newsflash. I get so many calls. If you put your name in the back or phone number in the back of 3 million books, you're going to get a couple of calls. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking maybe in the outside chance we might be able to connect with you that way. Well, I'm glad you called us. What are you doing right now? What are you up to? Yeah, well, in San Diego, so we're just starting the day here, and we're packing up for this bus tour. We're uh, just so thrilled we're going to be kicking it off in Tampa Bay. So we're headed your way. Yeah, so you're going to be, you really, you're not just calling it a bus tour, it is a bus tour. No, it really is. We did it a couple years ago, and we're doing it again. I think it'll be in 15 or 16 cities, and Sweet Maria comes along, which doesn't happen that often. Uh, but she'll be with us. And then a really great friend, uh, Taylor Hughes. Uh, he's an illusionist, and he'll just, like, blow everybody's mind. It's the difference between um, being feeling deceived and feeling engaged. And I think it's an important distinction even in our society to say, like, how do we get more engaged? How do we get focused on things that matter and last? And so I think it's just going to be a great evening of just a think about some things and to laugh together, um, and then to also reflect on what are the things that last and how can we aim for those. When I saw the title of the tour, knowing you or knowing about you, not knowing you personally, but I'm thinking this could be a puppet show, Bob Goff and friends. <laughs> yeah, we'll bring all of our Muppet characters with us. No, it's just it's something I look forward to uh, so often, and it's a great way for us to get the chance to say hi to friends along the way, and there's a whole bunch in the Tampa area, so I'm really looking forward to that. Now, for those who have been living in a cave and they don't know uh, much about your story, I'd love for you to unpack the story. Also, uh, Love Does was your very first, was that your first book right out of the gate? That was. That was it. Yeah, I was a uh, practicing lawyer. I was a trial lawyer. I Get this, I lived in San Diego and I worked in Seattle and I went to work every day and flew home for supper. I just flew in the back of the airplane. (laughs) I just didn't want to move to Seattle. Uh, So I traveled back and forth for years and years and years. And then one day um, I just decided, you know what, this isn't for me anymore. So I quit my own law firm and we just started building schools. Um, so we, uh, the origins of Love Does is there was a publisher, and they said, would you write a book? And I said, I don't know. Will you build a school? I'll trade you one book for one school. Uh-huh. And, uh, and so they said, how big is the school? And I said, all right, 1,500 child soldiers and 150 teachers. And they said, big school. I said, big book. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. And I had to pay me in advance because I didn't know if it'd be any good. And then. I, I think we're in our, now our 14th country. So we've got schools in throughout Uganda, several in each country, in 
Somali, we have several in Mogadishu, Iraq, um, Afghanistan. We have a girls' school there that is continuing to operate. We've got schools in just, uh, the Dominican and throughout Eastern Europe. It's really been great. We hope you're enjoying this episode of the Curtain Cape Mornings podcast. Leave your comments and your thoughts. We appreciate your feedback. You can give us a review. Also, don't forget to uh, like us, follow us, subscribe as well. So some of the other books you've written, Everybody Always, Dream Big, uh, Undistracted, and, uh, you know, th- let's talk about Dream Big for just a moment. Well, hang on. Hang on uh, to that one. Uh, part of your story is you set up an office in Disneyland. <laughs> Isn't that what? Great? Yes. I don't know if Disney approved of that, but I just set up shop on Tom Sorian. I teach at a couple places. I teach at uh, Pepperdine Law School. Uh, and I always stop at Disneyland on the way there. I also teach at San Quentin, and uh, I don't stop at Disneyland on the way there. Mm, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. But, but in uh, in Los Angeles, it's about halfway from San Diego to where I'm going to teach. So I'll stop from 10 to, 2, 10 to 2 on Wednesdays. And then people just know on Wednesdays they meet me at Disneyland on Top Shore Island. It's a kick. Okay, so have you ever done that over here in our neck of the woods in Disney World? Yeah, you've got the big one. I think I'd get lost uh, there. I made one quick trip. I get there an awful lot, uh, but I get adjacent to it to go speak to a bunch of people that are going there, and I never have time to go there. I think there's a sermon in there somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) I think you're right. (laughs) Oh, my God. Uh, uh, my head is always on a swivel for the things. We have a, a retreat center out in San Diego called the Oaks. And so oftentimes these days, because I'm a grandpa, we kind of bring the party to me. Um, and so I was there. We have a chicken hutch and in it, there's a chicken run that's about 25 feet long. And we have, I don't know, 30 or 40 chickens in there. But I was there uh, the day before yesterday and I saw there's all these birds in there, like, you know, like uh, they're black and red and all kinds of colors, but they're not just the chickens. And so I thought, oh my gosh, they're trapped. So I opened up the door to the aviary and I got in, started to wave my arms and like, be free, be free. And two <laughs> of these birds flew out and uh, 50, 75, hundred. I get the last two birds out and I'd been so busy waving my arms. I didn't notice these birds were beautiful and they all were standing or like in a row on the fence looking puzzled. These were somebody's birds. <laughs> oh, 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 man. Oh. I'm like, this is the beginning of a really bad story. I didn't have the idea oh, no. when I was waving my arm. Oh. So when things like that happen, I'm just a big note taker. Um, and I think the people that are engaged in life and faith and all that, and then we'll just think, like, what are some examples, even from life and scriptures, where you just ran around waving your arms, not realizing what was going on. So maybe, like, kind of get a bead on what's going down, and then wave your arms a little bit. (laughs) That's great. (laughs) Oh, man, it's wonderful to see where you get some of your ideas, so you know it's all fitting together. This is great. And I haven't met the guy whose uh, birds they were that's going to be really bummed out. I'm going to tell him the two of you did it. No, thanks a lot. (laughs) Thanks, Bob. Throw us under the bus as the bus tour begins. 
you know, one of the things that, uh, you know, whimsical, that's a word that pops into my head when I, I think about <laughs> you and obviously uh, the ministry, and it is a ministry that God's given you. Whimsy is very important for each and every one of us, is it not? Yeah, I think um, that idea of being curious about everything. And if you're curious about everything, you're going to be curious about your faith. You're going to be curious about the people around you. Uh, Philippians 2.20, it's Paul talking about Timothy, and he says, I don't have anybody like Timothy. He's a guy who shows a genuine interest in your welfare. He's just curious about how can I help. So I would just get your head on a swivel, see what's going on around you. I, I don't know if the two of you have ever had the UPS truck come to deliver something and you're not there. So it leaves a little note, drives away with whatever it is that you desperately need. And uh, the thing you may not know about UPS trucks, they only turn right. Did you know that? They only turn right. You know, (laughs) I think that's true, though, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Turn across traffic. And so they want the UPS trucks to go. I thought this was a joke. Okay, Bob. It sounds like a joke. I thought you were pulling something on me here. I just don't know. (laughs) It's for real. So uh, so I got the note and I just started turning right. I left to turn right at the end of my street. I turned right at the next street. I turned right at the next street. And I found the UPS truck. So there's some really practical benefits to being uh, curious. But beyond that, you're going to be curious about your faith. You're going to see a bunch of birds flying out the cage. (laughs) (laughs) Terrible mistake. And then you'll think about somebody else who made a terrible mistake. You'll think about Hmm. God's forgiveness. You'll think about what happens. That God doesn't, like, you know, compare what he creates. He's not looking at your life and comparing it to mine. He's looking at our life and comparing it to Jesus. And so that whole idea, if you're... Curious, it's just going to lead you on such a beautiful adventure. And then take notes about what you're learning. Um, Because people that are curious, people that take notes, um, just live more engaged lives. Wouldn't you agree? Are you guys note-takers? Yeah. You yeah. know what I do? Yeah, mm-hmm. we, we kind of do that, and we're always looking for stuff Mostly to talk about so on the show. <laughs> First of all, our yeah. memories are failing. Yeah. Second of all, we, we're thinking we may talk about it on the show, because so, we talk about <laughs> yeah. pretty much everything. <laughs> yeah, think about it. George Lucas was a note-taker, and he yeah. was writing Star Wars at the same time he was scoring American Graffiti. That's wow. a talented guy. But the way that you find a scene in a movie is by role number and dialogue number. So roll 12, dialogue 18, and they'll bring that little clip up and they'll do it. So he asked for this particular scene, and they said it was at roll 2, dialogue 2. I'm not even kidding. He wrote down R2-D2. That's how he got that. <laughs> yes, isn't that awesome? Oh, so oh my. American Graffiti, but because he took a note, I hadn't heard he thought, that. oh my gosh, that'll actually work over here. And so... <laughs> What if you take notes about the things that you're learning? What if you take notes, Matthew 25, hungry people, thirsty people, sick people, strange people, naked people, people in jail. Take notes. Um, but when you see some, you just go like, oh, man, there's, this is something that relates to that. Because I think there's a lot of people that agree with Jesus, but I can't think of one time Jesus ever had asked anybody to agree with him. He said, yeah. let's go do this. And he doesn't need our help. He wants our heart. And uh-huh. so I take note of that. To just say, is that a bunch of information? I don't care how many boats are floating in the Sea of Galilee, but I do care about how I engage the people who are a little prickly, people who are a little bit hard around me. 
You know what's mm-hmm. interesting, too, is the way you unpack this, it's so natural. And when we think about as followers of Jesus, following him daily, sometimes it's hard to grasp what that looks like in real life. But what you've just illustrated there is it's a wonderful way to experience the presence of God throughout your average ordinary day. Yeah, I agree. And um, the idea to just say, if you have, let's say, have an overreaction to something, you know, you're stuck in traffic and you just lose your mind. Um, and it's probably because you've underreacted to a whole bunch of other stuff in your life. Mm-hmm. And so then you're like, this is Gettysburg. Hold my earrings. Like you're just saying, like, <laughs> I'm just so, so if you have a disproportionate reaction to something, it might be that there's something else that that's connected to. Usually it's for me. And so to see what that's connected to, and that's this journey of faith. And then uh, you have a God that says, I know everything before you ask. But then you have the scriptures that say, make your request known to God. And I think the idea of making it known to God is to make it known to yourself so you can make it known to God. So instead of saying, God, I'm stressed out, which is just such an honest feeling, when we say, look, what is that connected to? Let's figure out what the four things are that are just freaking you out right now and try to see it so we can understand it, so we can take a Jesus to fix. Wow. Amen. This is great. One of your books is Dream Big, and do you think that maybe our dreams are a bit too manageable, a bit too small, and maybe one of the reasons why we are hesitant to dream big is because we're like, I don't want to be presumptuous. You know, I don't want to uh, have my dreams be at the middle of my life. I want God's dreams for me. What do you say to those uh, those issues about dreaming big uh, to encourage us today? Yeah, there's uh, two types of people. I've heard it said a number of times. There's humble people, and there's people that are about to be. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That is so true. I like that. Reminders to me. So um, I am all uh, for Team Humble. We need a big dollop of that, each of us. Um, and at the same time, um, I don't want us to be meek. I don't want us to be just docile uh, with our faith. I want us to be the people that can activate it. And so some people with a very sincere faith and hugely humble have just somehow gutted their ability to just swing for the fences. That God gave you this beautiful idea, and it's been swirling around, but your humility would say, like, no, I really, that's too big for me, and then that would be. And indeed, what you can do is say, what do you want? That's what Jesus asked every blind guy he ever met. Like, what do you want? Yeah. <laughs> and the blind guy said, well, like, well, of course, I want to see. I don't think Jesus was confused. I think he's asking me and you uh, the same question, what do you want? And then the second question that's important is, why do you want it? Is if you're looking for applause, join the circus. If you want Jesus, find the poor. Right. So mm-hmm. what do you want? Why That's do you good. want it? And then the important question, what are you going to do about it? Right. Galatians 5, 6, the only thing that matters is our faith expressed in love. And so he, again, doesn't need our help. He needs our hearts. But if we can vet the things, but then once you, you say, I really want to be a doctor, I really want, there was a woman that came to one of these gatherings that I had. Um, and her ambition is she wanted to learn how to dance. Uh, but she had had an accident when she was a child. This is a woman who's 50. She had an accident when she was a child, and her foot got just hugely damaged. And she never had the operation, so she never learned to dance. 
You know what she did? She cut off her foot. She got a prosthetic because she said, I'm going to learn how to dance. Is that crazy? Oh, now, she man. didn't do it in the airport on the way. But so what she did is she decided what she wanted. She knew why she wanted it because she just felt like God wanted her to dance. And so she was willing to do those difficult things. So I'm saying, what if there was some ambition that God's given you for the poor, the needy, or education blows your hair back or whatever? Don't go across an ocean. Go across the street. I mean, there's only two times Paul went across the ocean. Like, what? Paul got shipwrecked, right? And Jonah got swallowed. But uh, there's all over the scriptures about going across the street, not to the ends of the earth, to the end of the street, and then to the ends of the earth. But we got to start like right here. So if you're listening and you have an ambition and you've been humble and you thought, really, that would just be too showy, uh, then we'll just, here's the fix. Don't be showy. Be secretly incredible. Don't tell anybody. That's what Jesus said. If you tell somebody, you get a little golf clap. But if you like do it, boy, you'll be talking to Jesus about that for eternity. And that'd be a good conversation to have. Wow. I like that. See, this is good. All right, mm-hmm. Bob, we could keep you for another hour, but we have to let you go. Uh, man, thanks a lot for uh, for making yourself available. I know you're a busy guy, and it's early in San Diego. I get that. Yeah. Oh, this is such a treat, honestly. Uh, so come out and visit us sometime if you're ever in this direction, and we're going to come out and visit you because we're going to be in your direction. All right. Tuesday, right. Bob Goff and Friends, the bus tour. He's hitting the road, Indian Rocks. Uh, church, uh, all the details. It's actually in Largo. Uh, we have the details if you go to Curtin K Mornings on the Facebook page, also bobgoff.com. Bob, will you come back sometime? Oh, you bet. Yeah, just give me a call. <laughs> sometimes it'll work. We will. Sometimes it won't. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Curtin Kate Mornings Podcast. Please take a minute to follow, subscribe, and review us. And no matter where in the world you are, you can listen to us live from 6 to 9 a.m. weekdays on the Moody Radio app.